Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Tonight, my guest is Alex Securis. Before I bring him on, I got to remind you that you can always get new regular episodes free on Rockfan Odyssey and all podcast platforms. Click that link in the description for Rockfin. You can get a free account, check out all the amazing content on there, and see what it has to offer. If you get a premium account, you get access to not only our premium content, but all the premium content from every creator there on Rockfin. And finally, guys, you hear me talk about it every show. If you're getting a little older, you're getting some gray hairs, you may not have as much energy, check out C60 Purple Power. Click the link in the description. Check out their website. See what they have to offer. See all the benefits that it could possibly have for you. And if you make an order, you get 10% off plus free shipping. Tonight, I want to welcome Alex Securis. He is an entrepreneur turned science podcaster who wrote Why Science is Wrong about almost everything. His Skeptico show has been running since 2007 and has attracted millions of downloads and a fair amount of attention from those serious about frontier science on human consciousness. The Skeptico Show is an interview-centric internet radio show featuring dialogues with leading consciousness researchers, scholars, and thinkers. Alex, welcome back. How you doing? Doing great, Chris. Glad to be here. You know, consciousness, E.T., you are like so my guy. I, I love being here. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man, I've been looking forward to talking to you. Last time you were on, I had a great time, but you flipped the script on me with your own questions, and you, I got a lot of information out of me. So it's my turn tonight, as for as long as I can. I know you're probably going to flip it on me again, but who knows. Uh, I want to get 
I want to get your thoughts on not only near-death experiences, what the afterlife could be, because you've had so many wonderful guests to discuss this very thing, but what's the true nature of reality? What are we in? Are we in a simulation? Is this a grand experiment? Are we going to wake up one day and this is some weird fever dream or something so complex we couldn't even really understand it? Um, this, uh, this is really your first time uh, where we get to find out about yourself, so I want to hear what got you started questioning the reality around us. How did you end up on this path that you're on? Well, I think, you know, I always started with the idea that everyone's questioning this reality in the same way that you and I are. We talked about this last time, you know, it's like, to us, it's just like, of course, you know, what's the nature? What? What's the nature of reality? Who am I? Why am I here? Those are just like natural questions, you know. But I really started with a traditional background. You know, I was a business guy and all that. But, you know, if I can now, at this point, you know, I've done just hundreds of shows. And my show has always been, <coughs> pardon me, I got a cough. But my show has always been about, you know, me trying to figure stuff out. It's like, I'm not so interested in entertaining my audience per se, although I, I want to, cause I want to stick around, but I want to know stuff. Like something you asked there at the beginning is, is like interesting to me. Like what is the near death experience or even the extended consciousness research science? You know, how might that, you know, tell us about the nature of reality and are we in a simulation and all the rest of that. Just stumbled across this thing recently. Good friend, Rick Archer, boot at the gas pump. Love this guy. We've done so many of the same guests and he's been on the show and this and that. Anyways, he has a very different view than I do a lot of times, but really we are Dharma brothers and we're kind of along the same thing. I'm bearing the lead. He just did a fantastic interview with a guy named Jim Tucker. Have you ever heard of Jim Tucker? I don't think so. Jim Tucker is the reincarnation guy. So at the University of Virginia, which is one of the top research universities in the country, Jim Tucker and Ian Stevenson have forever collected all these cases of reincarnation. And they're super meticulous about the way that they do it. And so I'm listening to the interview that Mark, uh, that uh, Rick is doing and it's like case closed that reincarnation is just a scientific fact. I mean, this guy has traced it down every which way you can. But what are the implications of that for like simulation theory? It really, if you think about it in a strange way, it kind of blows simulation theory out of the water to a certain extent. Because what all those extended consciousness realms like near-death experience too, what you hear on all those is, hey, you're outside of space and time and that's the larger reality. So whatever, it, so then if you want to then start playing the game that, oh yeah, but when you're here, you're in this, you know, it just doesn't quite feel the same as most of the people I know who are really into that simulation thing. So I'm all about taking as broad a, you know, look, possible at all the different things and uh and i always love coming back to et like i said I, I love that you don't shy away from that man you're always coming back 
to E.T. It stuns me that, you know. And you know what? I actually probably have a much different view of E.T. than even from the last time we spoke. Now, you know, just because of my own journey and from the different perspectives that I've heard and experiences that I've had myself. um, I I think I look at it uh, a lot differently than I did even a few months ago, you know. Well, you said I'm not supposed to turn the tables but see you can flip it whenever you want you're good see that is one of the more that is one of the more interesting topics to me you know so et consciousness thing you know which is super hot you know i've been talking to grant cameron for that for years i love grant cameron but he doesn't understand consciousness in terms of the larger breadth of consciousness research. He has this consciousness blob. Everything's conscious, everything's consciousness. Well, what about evil? What about the rape of these? Uh, what about E.T. raping these uh, these women in public in, in, in a starship? There's no evil, there's no evil. It's all just consciousness, consciousness. Well, that, that, that's silliness. That doesn't make any, that doesn't really get us anywhere. And the same with, you know, like there's a bunch of people that are kind of spinning that out there, kind of the Jacques Vallée kind of thing, but they're really misinterpreting Jacques Vallée. I interviewed Jacques Vallée. He's not saying there are, there's not, uh, you know, living, breathing E.T. He's just saying, he's just saying what everyone's saying is, man, we're looking through the long, if we're looking for answers in this form down here, fuck, forget it. Forget it. We are like so limited in our understanding. So, you know, just be humble about what we think we could possibly know about that. But is there is there E.T.? Yes. Is there bad E.T., evil E.T.? Certainly seems that way to me. Is there good E.T., spiritual E.T.? Certainly seems that way to me. I don't know what all that stuff means, but I don't know how anyone steps steps over that that evidence and gets to the point of saying, well, E.T. isn't, isn't you know, biological. It's, it, it could only be interdimensional and consciousness-based. It's like, what the fuck are you calling consciousness? We don't know what consciousness is. You make a, a really good point, and I want to delve a little deeper into that because you're right. Uh, there are so many aspects of just let's stay within the E.T. phenomenon that seem like they, these beings could have, uh, you know, just a, a same duality as humans, good and evil. But, you know, there's so many researchers now that are focusing on this love and light consciousness aspect that these ETs are all love and light and they're, they're helping to evolve us and, and we're all one consciousness. But if that's the case, where does this really true vile evil come from and how does it play into all this and i think that's a a great question to look into uh and the fact that if these physical beings are coming here and abducting people against their will uh doing experiments on them they don't have uh what would some would consider this christ consciousness that a lot of uh people are kind of into right now when it comes to the et and new age phenomenon that they're they're here just strictly to enhance us and do all this well no abducting people against their will and like you said you know there's been cases of aliens raping people and i've heard of even killing people so there's a really evil side of this that is really not being looked at by this part of the community 
Exactly. And, you know, just taking that one step further, it's like if, if you take where we're at now, which, Chris, you know, you and I have both been looking at this enough. It's easy to forget that we never thought we would be here. Ten years ago when people talked about disclosure, do you remember the standard line? It would be they can never disclose because once they started talking, people would, would drill them with questions. They just start going, oh, okay, so you're admitting the Tic Tac videos. Well, then what about this one? And what about, you know, the, the nukes? And what about the flyover DC in 52? And what about Roswell? None of that happened. None of that happened. They just rolled it out just December, December 17. And again, you know, I interviewed Leslie Kane, who rolled out the story for the New York Times. I have tons of respect for Leslie Kane. I don't think she's like faking it, but I think she got bullshitted. I interviewed um, Ralph Blumenthal, 40-year uh, New York Times reporter, veteran, the other guy who rolled out the story in the New York Times. So, <laughs> Yeah, I've had Ralph on too, and there's, there's this definite feeling that, uh, you know, even when you're talking to these guys, they have great intentions, but it's like I think you've been duped into a lot of this duped. information. You know, exactly. And that that's that goes for so many uh, ufologists and researchers. How, how do we know? How do we know? Tell me, and then I'm going to jump in there, too. W what are the telltale, surefire signs that they've been duped? Because Dolan's been duped, too, because I had this debate with Dolan, had him on the show, and I said, political psyop. I mean, come on, Richard. From I mean, this is clearly a political psyop. No, 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 no. How do we know? Tell me yours, and I'll tell you mine. Well, one thing is that if you're not looking at a broader aspect of it, if you're only looking at it from from one lens, like, yeah, this is nuts and bolts. These ETs are physical. They're coming here. They built their little ships. They're traveling here on tin cans throughout the universe. And you're not putting in that telepathic consciousness, strange, woo-woo, paranormal aspect to it and looking at that as well, then you're probably getting fed uh, information. Or if you're just on that side, just on the consciousness, is there's no physicality to this, it's all love and light, you're probably getting fed uh, information. Um, and I think that a lot of the bigger players in this, uh, I won't say any names just you know you, you know who they are they're always on the mainstream news they're they're talking about uaps all the time they have to be being fed information because it's either being painted as a threat or we have no idea but it could be swamp gas it could be this and that um and the people that are coming out with the information former cia former military former government they're always going to be involved in this, in that uh, playing field. They're never going to be out of that, especially if they're in that high level of position to tell you what's going on with UFOs. That's just my opinion. So I immediately go to the last part you're hitting on there. And it took me a long time to really kind of settle into this because it's like, I was listening to Snowden the other day in an interview and he gave, and he just had a single line that I thought was great. He goes, hey, the biggest conspiracies are not even conspiracies. They're just right out front. You know, like Snowden says, what was Snowden's conspiracy? That they're spying on us. That they're spying on us every which way they can as much as possible 24-7. Everyone on the planet. Well, no one doesn't believe in it. That's not even everyone's like, yeah. 
Well, at the time, that was like a huge conspiracy. So here's how I roll this. Elizondo. Elizondo. What's Elizondo's job? He's a spy. Counterintelligence. <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's, a, a, he's a professional liar, right? He lies for us, for our government, but he tricks people. That's his job. And he's the one who rolls this out? Really? Oh. Hmm. And he's a, a whistleblower. Huh. You uh, know, all the whistleblowers I know <laughs> nowadays... They ain't doing so good. But this guy's on History Channel. He's on all the rest yeah, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I've got another great example. The UFO conference I just went to, Richard Doty, for a while, you know. Exactly. He was, he was out of the limelight, but he was still known as the misinformation counterintelligence guy who fed bullshit to people. Well, now well, all more of a than sudden, that, more than that, tell tell the specific story. I mean, if people, well, yeah, he, you know, he ruined they're... people's lives. He almost killed somebody, and then with the Linda Moten Howe thing, he tried to feed her, uh, you know, all kinds of BS uh, by bringing her in and showing her these, you know, but, but with documents. the just just let me just let me interject so people remember this. Paul Benowitz is oh, this Paul guy. Ben, yes. <laughs> okay, he's Go this ahead. regular. Or, he is like. You know, salt of the earth kind of guy. He's like, I don't know, a plumber, electrician, or something like that. And he's got his little shop across the street from the base. So he starts calling over there going, hey, man, I don't know what's going on, but there's some strange lights. They go, hmm, you need to come in and talk. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk to us. So what Doty does, because he's instructed to do it, is basically convince this guy that he's crazy. So they go to his apartment and they have him go in the other room, you know, just like, oh, go find those records for us. And they rearrange the furniture. And then he comes back and everyone just sits there and like, what are you doing? The furniture's rearranged. He goes, no, it's not. What do you mean? What's going on? And they did all this. I mean, that's like the, the least of it. They did all this stuff and they destroyed the guy. They broke the guy down. And Doty admits this, right? And then he stands up there on stage and Stephen Greer, I don't know how, how he reconciles the love and light thing because Doty just has the biggest old smile on him. Well, yeah, we did that. You know, it's like, okay, well, no, man. You, just add one other thing, the, the connection back to the extended consciousness. I've read a ton of near-death experience reports. Jeff Long has the largest database of near-death experience accounts, thousands of them. You can search them on Google, N-D-E-R-F, and then put in your search word. Put that in and search rape. Put that in and search torture. Put that in search any of the other shit that's going on here. See if any of that's going on in that love light extended, you are a soul being kind of thing. I mean, and I just had, and I did this intentionally, Chris. I just had Jeff Long back on the show. And I, the, the one question I wanted to really pin him down on, I said, Jeff, do you scrub the data? 
do you scrub the data at all? You got these surveys coming in, you know? Do you like take stuff out? He says, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And if you look at the data, he has ET in there, not a lot, very infrequently, but he doesn't have any of the evil shit. He doesn't have any of the evil shit in the NDEs. I think that's telling. Yeah, I, I think so, definitely. Um, and I just wanted to touch on one more thing before we move away from, from Rick Doty. What I was going to say is that all of a sudden now he's kind of beloved in the UFO community for being, <laughs> like you said, a whistleblower because he came out at recently and you know talked about all these things he saw at Area 51. And yeah, aliens are real. He saw reverse-engineered craft. And now he's got a Showtime series coming up. So it's exactly like he said, you know. If I think, uh, you know, if you want to get uh, somewhere uh, really popular in this whole ET UFO thing, just uh, agree with the, the most f- the ridiculous stories that are out there and um, you'll you'll follow the money trail. Uh, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. This that aspect, the, the negative aspect, the uh, the rape, the killing, all these things that they won't touch. It exists, and I've had plenty of experiencers and contactees come on to talk about it. But when you ask the ones that are all love and light, they say, oh, they misinterpreted the experience. Later on, if they have a regression, they'll go and figure out that it was all positive. They did it for a good reason. I don't know about that. And I'm not, I'm not totally discounting that, and I'm certainly not discounting the genuine spiritual experience that people have associated with ET contact. I'm totally, totally down with that. I just think you can't get into, when you start ignoring the data, you know, Ray Hernandez, love Ray Hernandez, was with him right from the beginning, but he's just become like a, you know, when you get this kind of zealot kind of thing, it's got to be one way, you know, we can't, you just got to follow the data. Just have to follow the data, and sometimes that means you're not going to be able to figure the data out, but at least you can follow it (laughs) well let's for a second look at it from just one point of view from one theory say that there's this really highly advanced alien race and they created the human species however thousands or millions however many years ago and they they have a really vested interest in it they're watching over it for years but they're not spiritual beings um they're very scientific minded uh, pretty cold and just want to see how what happens with this this whole human experiment um and you know somehow this human experiment's going along, going along, and they keep coming back, popping in, making advancements, uh, visiting. Uh, but there's this something that, that humans have that they don't have, and it's this, uh, this kind of spark that brings about this desire for love and light. Maybe they're, they're interested in that. What do you think about uh, maybe that scenario? It seems much more likely to me that we're all leading rich spiritual lives that we all are from a source, getting back, let me pull Grant Cameron back into the conversation because fundamentally there's something true about what he's saying. He just goes over the top and loses any coherence. Yeah, it's just an ocean of consciousness. And we're just a drop in that ocean. So it's about God, you know, I mean, for lack of a better term. It's about souls. It's about your, your so the question I sometimes put out, does E.T. have a near-death experience? Hmm? And who made I don't tea, know. I, right? Exactly. So the idea that there is this um, 
sentient consciousness, to me, automatically, rich spiritual life. We just don't know what rich spiritual life means. Yeah, that there, um, there's a big aspect that you, you, you're saying with the experiencers that have these rich spiritual experiences. Now, I, I did myself with my experience uh, after I came out of it. Things changed for the better in my life. Um, this show kind of took off. I became more spiritual. I be- began to seek more about my experience, about myself, uh, more help about helping others, become more selfless. I, my life was actually better after my experience. Now, I don't know if this was just because the experience triggered me to want to seek out this stuff or, you know, it was uh, these spiritual entities that kind of implanted something in me. I'm still trying to figure it all out myself and I have no idea. I don't claim to know, but I have a better understanding now than I did at that time of what could possibly be going on. And um, I have come to the conclusion that it probably wasn't ETs at all that I was uh, that I was dealing with and it was more of a higher self spirit guide type of situation and that's just the the personal understanding I'm at right now it could change tomorrow but uh, I'm just going to keep looking into it <coughs> so y- you know the way I, I kind of process that is to say absolutely I, I, I Yes, 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 and, 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 you know? Because again, like, I, I remember, I was just listening to our, our, our first interview, and uh, you were recounting the, the experience that, that you had. And it's fantastic. I've never had such an experience. And I think that's awesome that, that you were able to bring that back and, and integrate that, you know, which is really hard for some people to do. Or, but here's the thing. What you are at the end of the day is whatever you figure out that means for you, you know, wherever you go, there you are. So it's like getting, getting a little bit far afield, but it's like the back to the reincarnation thing. I remember uh, like a long time ago, I interviewed this guy and he was a Zen uh, monk and some of the Zen people even though they're Buddhists, are not totally down with the reincarnation thing. And I was really kind of surprised because I had never heard that before. And I was pushing him pretty hard. And uh, he was pretty good at pushing back. And he said, look, you think reincarnation is real? You think reincarnation isn't real? It doesn't matter. There's only right now. So it really, it really doesn't matter. Whatever thousands of lives you live to get to this point, what are you going to do? What are you going to do right now? What are you going to do? You're going to help that that old guy across the street, or you're not? You know, you're going to push him into the gutter, or you're not. So I don't know. I, I I think I love the big thinking, but I also think the whole thing, the whole exercise, is simpler. It's love. It's tell the truth it's look for the light because the light's always shining and we're blocking it you know it's not evil is not evil is a blockage of the light and if we even think about that we kind of feel that's true it's like yeah i knew i shouldn't have done that but you know i just had these feelings and i can well you're uh, you're right i think as for me as i've grown and gotten older 
I can look back at my younger days and it's like evil would come a little easier to you at you in your younger younger days and uh, it you didn't really kind of feel as bad for some of the things you would just kind of at least for me I would just do stupid shit and then later on uh, if it would you know have a bad effect on me I'd be like oh maybe I shouldn't have done that because it had uh, this a bad effect on me and now I just it look at it a completely different way and you know I don't even think in that you know way I couldn't even imagine thinking in that way anymore it's it's so you know juvenile and ridiculous to me but even thinking about someone else doing evil or harm to someone or stealing from someone it gives me this feeling of like uh it just sadness and and um a feeling of that I want I wish I could have had that feeling at a younger age you know uh this whole time in my life and been able to kind of grasp on to that concept of good and evil at a younger age. But I think, you know, it just depends on who you are and where you're at with the journey. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's pretty deep and it's, but it's so true. I mean, I think it certainly resonates with me and it's funny to see other people, you know, who are like younger than you, you know, who are just these old souls who kind of get it from the beginning and are just like that. And you're like, right. Yes. I think well, about I that too. I like one of my friends who's in his twenties and he's the gentlest oldest soul and he's exploring concepts that I'm just now getting around to. And it's like, wow, man, you know, have you learned through your previous incarnations here? Is that what's going on? You know, possibly. Yeah, possibly. But, you know, the important thing, I think, like what I appreciate what we're doing is just kind of throwing this stuff on the table and saying, hey, now the theories we we come to have to incorporate all this stuff in. You can't just, again, step over it and go, okay, well, let me step over the reincarnation stuff for a minute. And I want to talk about, you know, simulation theory in 60 frames a second and how, you know, all the rest. It's like, no, dude, you got to make the whole thing fit together in a way that is reasonably coherent as a theory and not just that titillates people, you know? As far as this, the whole simulation thing goes, I, I think I see that different than most people think of like a simulation and the, the aspect that nothing really is real or physical around us. And, you know, this may not even be a planet. I'm not saying we're a flat earth or anything. I don't know. I don't know if we're on a pizza, man. Uh, but you I don't, just, Hold on, full stop. You don't know if we're on a flat earth. If we're on... No, I, I have... I have no clue what the what the earth shape is and i don't claim to know but, you just uh, we just can't we just can't go there see that that is to me that is completely a great example of a very effective psyop oh right? yeah yeah well here's the thing the flat earth the traditional flat earth theory i don't go with that uh it's just because it doesn't add up to me but the NASA doesn't add up to me in space. No, 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 add up no, to, you know? no, it, don't, none, none of don't it does, go really. there, Chris. Don't go there. It, it doesn't pass. It, it, it's not worth five seconds of consideration. And the fact that, that you've been kind of conditioned or told, you know, hey, it's kind of like the Holocaust. Did you know, you know, this and that, you know, you should think about it. And have you really, you never really looked into the data, have you? It's like. Yeah, I looked into the data. Whenever somebody is a Holocaust scenario, yeah. What do you got? What <laughs> well, do you that's got? exactly I why I haven't done a show about it because I, re I really don't think it matters, but, you know. 
It's not that it doesn't matter. It matters tremendously because if you can't get to that level of science, if you get you, what you what people are doing when they go flat Earth, is they're get, going uber empiricist. There and it's not the the theory that is the problem. It's the space they're taking in the scientific world. They're saying, you know what? It's all bullshit. I can't be sure what's real. So. I can't, I, I can't be sure. So it's not proven to my satisfaction. So therefore, I don't know. I'm spherically neutral. I mean, no, you, you have to start building it up from the science. You have to understand science. You have to understand how science is built. You have to understand other people know shit more than you do. You know what I do when people bring this up in the skeptical forum? I post um, a, a, a physics, AP physics, you know, when you're in high school advanced placement physics. I just post one question from that. I go, answer that fucking question. I, go, I don't, I don't know. I go, okay, that's AP physics, high school. Until you can, <laughs> until you can at least enter that realm, shut the fuck up about flat earth. It's so stupid. It's just, it's just, it doesn't, but what it has done is brilliant because what it has done is if you tell anyone that you entertain the idea that the earth is flat, you are immediately broken off from the herd of the larger, you know, conversation in the public discourse. It's like, ooh, well, he's a kook. He's out. Of, you know, we don't have to talk about him anymore. And isn't that what you want? Isn't that exactly what they did with the UFO thing? Remember 20 years ago? It's like... Well, just they do that with lots of things. They, you know, <laughs> it's not just flat Earth. They they do that with almost our, our complete history. But uh, you know, when it comes to to that, it is it's just such a divisive topic. I haven't done any shows on it. It's not that I don't think it's important. I just think that it's it's bringing people's focus to that instead of uh, looking at other truths that are that are that we should be looking at. You know. That's my uh, kind of synopsis about it. You want me to stop hammering on it? Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> oh, no, man. We can go wherever you want. That's just uh, the flat earth. I couldn't tell you because I have not done any. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, NASA says is going on in space and because um, I don't know you know I really don't know 
It's not NASA. It's, you know, had, uh, Elon Musk is not one of my favorite people, but he had one of the best tweets on it. He goes, why isn't there a flat Mars society? <laughs> you know, planets around. Ooh, what a concept. And they float out there in our solar system. Ooh, what a concept. And we can take a telescope out at night and we can look at them. Ooh, what a concept. Oh, no, turn that all around. Those are all, those are all round, but we're flat. We're the, it's, just, it's just so, so, so stupid. And what it really does is it just creates this ghetto that then immediately allows people who are outside of our community to just divide and just go, well, you know, that whole group is just nuts. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about the that aspect of it. Um, but you know, that's that's a whole different show, and that's uh, that's something that uh, we'll get into later. Because I I would like to have some uh, very smart individuals on both sides to have a little discussion about it, just for uh, just for fun, you know. Not, not anything else, but we'll get to that later. Um, but I want to uh, get a little deeper into what we're saying about uh, E.T. and his uh, and their possible role in all this and good and bad E.T. Um, and what could possibly be going on with these, um, you know, people being taken and reports of hybridized children and, and things of this nature. Do you think that there it's possible that we already have these like hybrids that could be running around amongst us. Chris, have you ever um, interviewed Bruce Fenton? Yes. A couple of times. Great guy. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Danielle. I haven't have had Danielle. Danielle on? No, not yet. Just Bruce. Yeah. So, you know, I, I interviewed him. I was blown away so i went ahead and we made a movie you know seven hundred eighty thousand. and it's a youtube movie and it was on it's on amazon too you can watch it on amazon that's not like a great movie but no, it was good good little interview with him and danielle and we had to cut a lot of stuff out because danielle has a lot of very very strange shamanic experiences um associated with her whole thing but not very lead seven hundred eighty thousand years ago there's a, a ship orbiting the Earth, and it crashes, and it leaves trace elements. That tectite, that astral tectite stuff. And if you talk to Bruce currently, you know, he's even tightened that up more. That stuff is 70% silicon. We don't have anything that's 70% silicon that's fallen from the sky. It's in these dumbbell shapes. It has da, 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 all this stuff that you field that it's in we don't have any explanation for objects that could be um orbiting the earth you know earth doesn't do that you know only only really small stuff does it do everything else kind of passes through i think his evidence is very very compelling and it points to seven hundred eighty thousand years ago not that that's the first beginning but hey there's a point you can drop that in the ground and that to me changes everything so now it's like, yeah, just start thinking 780,000 years ago. And then talk to Danielle and about her, um, you know, Danny being in shamanic underground uh, caves where E.T. Um, ET reptilians are raping uh, people, okay? And get the full account of 
her verification of that and all the rest of that stuff. So that's another one where I drive a stake in the ground and go, okay, let's not step over that data, you know? Let's not step over that. You want to talk about hybrid? Oh, did we hybrid 10 years ago? Did it start? 780,000. So go back there. And then, you know, they started building, a, you know, it, it's just go change the timeline. And now everything just gets thrown upside down in a way that we no longer ask those questions in a way that we expect an answer. We just ask it like, ah, oh, that's something to think about. Well, let's take that a little bit further if, you know, say we'll stick with reptilians for now, that they live underground, and they could even possibly show up amongst us, uh, but we can't see them at certain times. You know, I've had plenty of guests who say that this is, this is true of, like, species like reptilians, that they can alter their frequency or something along these lines to where we cannot see them, um... And we cannot reach that uh, spectrum of vision. And if that's the case, they could have all kinds of entities and beings just beyond the spectrum of our vision walking around us at all times. Uh, in fact, I had a guest on, I'm forgetting his name, it was a couple of weeks ago. He said that he had a conversation with one of these beings that kind of uncloaked in front of him and said that they were watching the mating habits of him and his wife for years, which, uh, which I found very fascinating. But uh, people like this, you know, they, they truly believe their stories themselves, and that's what I think is one of the first keys to getting me to listen to their stories, if they truly believe it with all their heart. Um, and then you have to take it from there and kind of dissect everything. But what do you think? You think that there are beings that are just around us at all time that could uh, alter either our perception or their frequency or DNA to where we can't see them at will? I've certainly heard that, you know, like you have. Um, not to, it, where I would take it again is we're in disclosure. <clears throat> and we have to remember what we said we we're going to do when disclosure happened. And we have to follow it. And the first thing is we have to totally shift the burden of proof. You motherfuckers have been telling us for 60 years that we had to prove anything, everything, and we're crazy, and, you know, none of it's true, and now you're admitting the shit's true. So now you have to prove to us that the shit isn't true. If it's halfway verifiable with good witnesses, the burden of proof, because it was always kind of iffy. Now it's, now it's shifted over the other way. You got to prove this stuff isn't true. You got to prove that there aren't the underground bases. Show us. Open up. Show us. If not, we know you're bullshitting. We already know you're bullshitting. Your story doesn't make the least bit of sense. So I'm much more open to those uh, accounts. I don't think they're that difficult to kind of, you know, it, we can't validate them like being 100% true, but I don't think it's that hard to kind of sort through the Corey good, you know, kind of versus, you know, uh, Terry Lovelace. Uh, right. Exactly. Good example. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I think that for me, I've, it, at least this is what I've come to think that it's more of, um, it's always going to be an individual thing. 
that people who are telling you, you know, show me, I need to see this. We all need to see this together. No one's going to believe it unless they come down on the White House and show everybody. Um, prove it to me, you know. Go out there and call some ships down with your mind. Well, I don't know if it works that way. Uh, from most of the experiences I've seen, it's very personal experiences. Most of them happen when no one else is around and can see what's going on. And that brings up a bunch of questions. Is it strictly for that person? Is this person manifesting this experience somehow with throughout their consciousness? Do they want it that bad? Is, is it a connection to these beings that we have? Um, or is it just our own uh, higher selves that are projecting this? There's all kinds of questions that could come up uh, along these lines because I think that uh, from mainly the experiences that I've heard, it's for that individual person. So the question thing is interesting. I'm definitely a question guy. <laughs> 12 years, 500 shows, questions, questions, questions. I wonder how valid, how valid the questions are. I, val I wonder how real the questions are. If I really search my soul, what don't, what do I need to know? Back to like we were saying before, you know, what do I need to know to connect with God right now? What are God? Forget God to connect with infinite consciousness, love, to silence my mind, to watch, and not do. What do I need? I, instantly, I'm trying. Instantly, instantly, I'm there right so do we i do i'll say this right obsess about questions as a way of kind of avoiding maybe a deeper spirituality that is right there in front of us and we know at the heart is kind of what it's all about i've heard you say you know you you, you meditate and then <clears throat> you sometimes get frustrated because <clears throat> you have a busy mind and stuff like that. I do too. But I wonder, I also kind of wonder how hard it really is. It doesn't seem that hard. I can get there pretty, I can get there instantly. I just fall out instantly too. What for, you're asking how hard it is for my meditation? Well, Chris, I'd, maybe this was outdated, but I heard you say that, you know, meditation's always been hard for you. It used to be. It used to be before I had my experience. Now that uh, after that, it's become quite easy. Whenever I, I want to meditate, uh, I, can, I can fall into it very easily. Um, and Excellent. Yeah, I, I use it uh, quite often, but I've come to the understanding that um, as far as, like, making contact through this meditation, um, I don't really have the need to anymore uh, I've come to it's kind of like I've been getting little downloads here and there about my experience that anytime I need to reach out I can do it I don't have to be meditating I just have to do it and the answers will come to me and it's it's worked out that way um, if I want to meditate I can go meditate and have a nice relaxing experience and kind of uh, explore that realm and get what I need out of it but as far as contact with whatever I made contact with that time I've come to the understanding that it's always with me and that's why I think of it as more of my higher self yeah I, again back to absolutely we have no idea what 
your higher self is, but absolutely. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, yeah. I, that's I'm what I'm just po- choosing to call it at this time. Exactly. I'm not yeah. not putting it down. I'm just... Yeah. Now, I want to uh, creep back into some consciousness conversation and mix it in with some good and evil stuff. So, if... If what some people are saying is that if we're just a grand collection of consciousness from Source, and Source wants to experience everything through each individual consciousness, say Source or the universe or whatever you want to call it is just like a huge giant massing everything, and the fingers are us, or its limbs or extremities, and they just want to experience and learn everything. Where does the evil come in? Does it want to learn? Does it want to experience evil? Uh, is that a natural part of source? I want to get your thoughts on that. You know, last time we were together, we talked about Tom Zinzer, and we both really kind of like Tom Zinzer. And yes. He's still, he's still my kind of go-to source for that, you know, and the, the bottom line there is, it's really about uh, this. I'll spin it a little bit different, a little more yogic, but it's the same thing. It's all about blockages, you know. So you have this energy, this infinite light energy, love and light that we feel like <laughs> once every 20 years, you know, and that gets blocked. And we block it all over the place. We block because we get pissed off, we, or we're jealous, or we're egotistical or all these other things or we just make a mistake we're like why did that guy just flip me off that mother and he didn't he flipped off the guy behind you you know what i mean but it's still the same it still rivets through your body you can feel it you can actually feel it physically you know you got that stuff in you now so you're energy blocked so the whole thing is about unblocking that so that you can feel okay. The trick is, or the, not the trick, the stumbling block is, and tell me if this just doesn't resonate as true, it's kind of, again, it's only a slight leap from what Tom Zinzer says, which is about how evil is our, darkness is always there. Evil is our attraction to it. Well, what what I would say is is going on is, if we have a blockage, sometimes it feels good to get that out in a way that isn't, we can all say, isn't necessarily good. We've all been there. That's the, that's the kernel. That's the kernel of evil. You know, um, you, you listen to the serial killers, you know, in the interviews with them. Um, Ted Bundy, you can listen to the Ted Bundy tapes he did in in prison and they're up on uh, Netflix he says this he said when I was a kid you know I had this kind of weird compulsion for I don't know what sounded like pretty normal sex a little bit kinky you know of a high school kind of kid but he said it grew and I just kind of I don't know what to do and I kind of fed it and it grew and it grew and it grew and it got to a point where I couldn't control it I mean to me that's He's just laying out the path of evil and the, you know, what are you, any thoughts on that? Because you interviewed Zinzer, you did a really good job. Yeah, I, 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 it makes sense. I just, I really don't under, I, I, you know, I can't wrap my head around it really because the whole nature of evil 
the more I grow, like I was talking about earlier, it, the less I can understand how people can just inherently be that, even if that's a part of uh, source, it seems to be like introduced somehow. I don't know. That's just the, the deep feeling that I get that something introduced our consciousness to evil. I don't know. I know. Maybe you're a better person than I am. Dominating somebody? I get that. I get that. I used to play. I used to play football. You know, I was a, a guy. I got in a couple of scrapes. Some of them weren't deserved by the other person. I get it. We all get it. We all. Well, here's stuff. the thing. I I get pissed off all the time. I want to punch people in the face every day. You know, I I'm not above that at all. I'm talking about disgusting, evil, killing people, raping people, harming children. These things that are unspeakable. I don't understand how they came about in the universe to begin with. You know, those are the things I can't wrap my head around, and those are the things that just you know, me personally, I have to believe that something evil inherently introduced that to us or seeded us with that. I don't, I can't believe that source would be capable of those things. And that's just my personal belief at this point, you know. Chris, did you catch my interview with uh, Mitch Horowitz? Mm, I might have because I've seen, I think it was, it might have been you interviewing him. Yeah. Yeah, it was me interviewing. Yeah. 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 I'm very, very glad he came on the show. You know, I don't think he, I don't think he knew exactly what he was getting into. <laughs> yeah, right. It's okay. But, you know, one of the things about uh, Mitch Horowitz, which, like, if people don't know him, he, you know, he is like Mr. Esoteric alternative religion you know is how he's framed up you know with his black fingernails and his <laughs> occult right, you know, yeah. tattoos and all that stuff which hey i like i said in the show i like mitch he's super articulate he's easy to talk to he's just you know he's a frenemy kind of thing you know like guy <laughs> you'd hang out with um but on the show i knew where i was going and where i was going is mitch is a satanist and he doesn't right. lead with that. So he's on like ancient aliens. I watch a, I watch an ancient aliens show. He was practically on the whole time the other day. It was on like symbols or some kind of thing. He is like you were saying about Dodie, you know, he's kind of given this access to go out and spew this stuff. So I asked him about the Satanism and what I really pulled out and it really fried him is I go, hey, here's, a, here's an article from a while back. He said, hey, one of your greatest influences, Colonel Michael Aquino. Michael Aquino? Pedophile? Rapist? Probably child murderer? Long history? The military uh, did the final investigation, said, no, we cannot close this case. There's evidence of rape. There's evidence of kidnapping. There's evidence of all this stuff. This guy did it. They went and raided his house. They found a bunch of child porn in there. The house was exactly as was reported by these six and seven-year-old kids. That this is what it looks like. That's exactly what it was. And his response was, oh, no, that's not, that's not true. It's satanic panic. It's bullshit. He's lying. He's being deceptive. So, or, or you know, maybe he just says, you know what really got me, Chris, is like, so many of the people that listen to my show even, and I was so disappointed. They were like, 
I don't know who's right, you know. Mitch seems like a seems like a good guy. Seems like a seems like a genuine guy. I'm like, bro, how, how do you think the the deception works? You think it's done by by people who are you know unpleasant and and you know the evidence is so overwhelming. And if people can't sort through the evidence, then we don't have a chance. You wind up in flat Earth shit. <laughs> yeah you're right and it it does it comes across you know nice and articulate and clean and you know the the new church of satan sounds wonderful they have all these wonderful bylaws and stuff uh treat right. others wonderfully but it's still you know at the root it, it's satanism and it's it's something that uh is probably not too good to dabble with and uh there's a lot of darkness behind it so you know just because uh you present it a certain way doesn't mean that it changes what it is at its at root you know well, and I guess the other way, and maybe I slipped off the point, but let me bring it back. The other way I think it relates to exactly what you're talking about is there's always this inversion aspect to it, and it's a telltale. And the inversion is, hey, do what thou wilt. Hey, who can really judge what's right and wrong? You know what I mean? Is it really... Is it really right and wrong? I mean, isn't everything? Well, there's you know? this, do what thy wilt, just don't hurt anyone. You know, there's always that, uh, people yeah, that come no. across with that. But, the, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, because how how far does hey, it go to go hurt back, someone? go back to the uh, Sabbatean Frankish, Frankists, Frankists, right? 1666 and then 1700s. And uh, this cult, Jewish cult in uh, in Europe. And, and they're not the first ones. This has been repeated over and over and over and over again. The doctrine is redemption through sin. It's like, look, you know, God's going to come and save everyone when everyone's good or everyone's bad. We try to be good. It's not working. Let's try the other one. Let's have orgies. Let's drink, you know, the, no no barriers, incest is okay. This is what the Sabbateans and the Frankists implemented. This was their secret society rules. It's not just them. This is repeated over and over and over again. It's like a standard playbook kind of thing. It's the inversion thing. And part of the other part of the inversion thing is deception. So not only is it inverted, but I don't have to tell you, I can lie. That's not, there's not, you know, that's nothing wrong with me lying to you. You know, it's like, hey, you know, that is how the evil thing that you were talking about before, in my opinion, that's how the evil gets to that next level. Like the, the origin of it is, I don't want to punch that guy right in the face. But the, the next step is plotting at home. Well, no, you know what I'm going to do that's even better? He's going to come out tomorrow, and I'm going to throw water on his doorstep and have it frozen, and he's going to fall. And then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. And we, we just watch IDTV, you know, watch. It, it, it just escalates. It just grows. Yeah, you, I can see that. I can see that. Um it's just making that leap to, you know, I'm going to pour water on him to I'm going to stab him a hundred times in the stomach. You know, that's that's where that line for me is, you know. <laughs> it is a big difference there. 
I just don't under, you know, I can't comprehend. For me personally, I can see how some people, you know, they, they want to go into certain the military, you know, I get to kill somebody. They're excited about going to kill somebody. I've heard people say that they wouldn't kill, you know, their neighbor or their friends or their loved ones, but they want to kill somebody with a towel on their head. I've heard that before, you know, ridiculous things. I don't understand that mentality, you know, of wanting to take someone else's life, basically, or rape somebody or, you know, things of that nature. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's just that line is for me. It's it's like a huge jump, and I don't see where that kind of um, depravity comes from. I guess you know. It's hard to 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 get to that for me, and I think that's a that's one of the huge questions uh, with when it comes to you know good versus evil and what what is the nature of evil like you're you know like you wrote about. Well, let's hope there's that barrier. <laughs> yes, let's definitely hope that there's barrier. Uh, we got a few minutes left. I want to close on this. Uh, let's talk about the massive misinformation that's going around. We kind of touched on it with the flat earth thing and conspiracy theories. But not only that, science and mainstream science and the mistrust that I have, that a lot of people have with science now, with our own history, and... The beliefs people put it put into not only these conspiracy theories, but even on the other side, mainstream science telling them, telling us nowadays, this is the way it is because we're saying it, not because it's actual science. That's what a lot of this has become in recent years. Uh, talking heads on TV telling us this this is science because it saves lives, and we said so. Uh, you know, certain things along those nature, people believing it. But then on the other side, we've got massive misinformation and disinformation and conspiracy theory campaigns going on all, all over the Internet. Uh, so we have the people who are watching the mainstream with that side, people on the conspiracy side, alternative media looking at that side. And it's a big old mess. Um, I guess my question is, how are we supposed to decipher through all this? And is there a way out of it? I, if if I am going to hang my head in despair, <laughs> there it is. And it, it, it's funny, again, because you and I have done this a little while. You know, for me, it's changed. It's changed just since the time that I did it. You know, my first interview was with Cambridge biologist Rupert Sheldrick. And we were all about the science, you know. Dogs that know when their owners are coming home, and I proved it. And I did camera listen the median time of the, you know, total time that what. And then, Dr. Richard Wiseman from the UK, the skeptic. You know, back to the skeptics. Man, I almost I miss the skeptics. At least they somewhat engaged. <laughs> At least yeah. they somewhat pretended to engage in something like science. There, there appeared to be a balance, you know. Yet now it is, as you alluded to, I don't know how we fix it because science by edict, I I just don't, I don't, I really don't think it's fixable. Where they've gone with this latest step, I don't think you can, I don't see how you walk it back. I I wish I could be somewhat, I just don't see that they have total control because they have total control of the media and of the science media 
And again, they've shifted the thing from it's no longer the kind of angry skeptic, prove it to me kind of thing. Now it's the cancel culture, how dare you, you know, uh, kind of that's that's so, you know, unjust for you to, you know. So, no, it, it's we're screwed. <laughs> you know, I've heard that too many damn times, Alex. We're screwed. I've heard that too many times in the past few years. I like to have hope. You know, I think we're screwed too, honestly, in to a certain level. But I always like to have hope. I always like to think that eventually we can climb our way out, um, that maybe people like yourself, people like myself, might be making a teensy smidge of a difference by getting some alternative viewpoints out there, getting some people that are, like you said earlier, some smart people, smarter than ourselves, and talking to them and bringing out this information. And maybe, just maybe, some people are listening, and then they're telling their friends about it, and they're doing their own research on it, which is really the most important part, um, and then making a decision to make a change based on that. I'm hoping that's what's happened, at least. I love that, Chris. And you know what? As you say that, I don't think that's at all impossible or unlikely. Hey, I'm coming over to your camp. Yeah. I'm with you. There we go. Awesome, Alex. Man, this was fun. A great conversation. I love it. Hard-hitting stuff. We always go deep. And, uh, of course, I'd love to have you back on again in the future. We can uh, smack hey, each other I around would, again. <laughs> any, any, any time. You are, you are so on target, and I love your stuff. I love the... Your shows, I do. You know, the shred. The latest one was the shredding of the Bob Lazar uh, W two. I know it's a rerun of an oldie classic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I listen to that. And I'm like pounding the table. It's like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, how does that fit in with your phony disclosure? You know, like, so you do some great, great work. There's a ton of great stuff on your, oh, and, and there's you a million so other ones to, to, too. So I'm yeah. listening. The check's in the mail. I'll pay you for that uh, statement. Uh, no, no. Just keep, keep them coming. Just keep them coming. You don't have to pay me. Will do. And yourself, too, man. Your, your guests are fantastic. Your show is fantastic. Everybody, go check out Skeptico if you haven't already. He, we've had some similar guests, but uh, he goes deep, man, really deep. And, uh, Alex, thank you again for coming on tonight, and we'll talk again in the near future. Terrific, Chris. Take care. Until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow.